0: Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do, serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Why is it that things have to get so, so bad for people to wake up? It's because we're conditioned to avoid responsibility. And only when we're put under an immense amount of pressure are we finally willing to look deeper. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. This episode is part three of the series of excerpts from the conclusion of the live course I taught in the summer of 2017 called Open to Excellence. If you look at any persistent problem carefully enough, you will find what? A lack of responsibility. Yet honest, curious conversations about responsibility and the lack thereof are few and far between. We live in a world of excuses and deflections. If you're looking to make a change in your world or manage someone who is, you need to understand your responsibility inside and out, how to spot it, how to name it, where it comes from, and what you can do about it. That's what this episode is about. Keep listening. For more information about getting the help you need in conversations like this, please go to clearandopen.com. Hope to see you there. Thanks again for listening. Let's dive in. Speaking of uh, choice and, and accountability and responsibility and stuff, I wanted to share something I got from a client uh, yesterday who sent me something that they uh, took a long time to send to me. I, he He's uh, working on hiring and they have long history of hiring mistakes. And I said, well, send me your job ads in our last meeting, and I didn't put a deadline on it. It's someone I've been worked with for years. I would assume somebody who has a long history of hiring mistakes and is actively hiring would you know, just send me their job ads like that day or the next day at the latest two days. And this was like 10 days later, he sends me these job ads. And so my first question was, why didn't you send these to me sooner? And his email response was, quote, I should have. I do not have an excuse. I have put them in Google Docs because I also asked them to put it in a Google Doc. So let's review. I should have. I do not have an excuse. I have put them in Google Docs. That's the whole email. And what do you hear? Does this response satisfy you? Yes, Tyler. Here's the should. So there's a should there. I should have. In three words, what is this person what has this person just told you about the way they relate to work responsibility choice let's let's review now. The question again was, what stopped you from sending these sooner? Answer I should have I do not have an excuse that's an excuse in itself. Yes. <laughs> one of the slipperiest. It, it
1: looks like it's taking ownership, but but isn't actually getting to, to the root of what it
0: was. Yes, exactly. It's a deflection. It's it doesn't get to the root of of what? Because what would you want to hear?
1: Something that actually alludes to the root. I don't I mean, I don't know what that would really look yeah, like, but something,
0: something that's an explanation of what actually happened. Right. Right? Isn't that look at this is so interesting? I should have. Right, which we already know is sort of an illegal term, Right, he should on himself, doesn't give you any information about what happened. Again, the question, what stopped you from sending these sooner? That's a really specific question. Totally, totally on purpose. On. Is he saying that he's feeling too guilty to answer, so let's move to the next? <laughs> Gold star. <laughs> Probably, yes. You know what? That that probably should have occurred to me. Uh, I wish it had occurred to me, but I don't really care because he just knows better. Like, dude, I don't care how guilty you feel. Get curious about what happened and answer the question. It also seems like it's a sign
1: of being overwhelmed too, because he didn't actually answer the question. Yep. And taking time to to dig into that, you know, good takes, call. Took time, and it took him ten days to get you. You know, something in Google Docs, which is like five minutes worth of work. So,
0: good call. Um, yeah, he is overwhelmed. You're right. And the, the sort of terseness of the response um, also tips that off. Look how much information you guys are getting this. You're seeing this. Look at how much information is in there. I should have. I do not have an excuse. So, what he's told this is I'm overwhelmed. I feel really guilty, and I just want to get this away as quickly as possible. I want to appear as if I'm taking responsibility even though I'm not. And I'm committed to this happening again. That's the choice that's being made here because by not being curious. It's a difference between an apology and repentance because an apology
1: will be a defense of like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I feel awful. I should have done that. And repentance is like, you know what? This is why. And I'm going to change that.
0: Mm.
1: The apology means crap.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah, I, I've been meaning to look into where apology stopped meaning what it originally meant, because the um, apology these days just means being sorry, and it doesn't necessarily include an investigation into what actually happened. Theology and apology is the same as biology and psychology. It's a rational explanation. it's a study of, right? So apology originally meant a rational explanation for what happened, you know, an investigation into something. It no longer means that, though. We don't really have a word for this anymore. It devolved. You know, there's, no, there's no word for, oh, you know, such and such happened, and, and you know what? They gave me a really uh, humble, honest, responsible explanation for what happened that ensured it wouldn't happen again to me. Like, like What word what, what, what do we have for that? You know, it's devolved even further, so that now we just say, my bad, instead of, sorry. <laughs> right. right? My bad is crap. It's crap. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. yeah. Because it just assumes that there would be that level of error all the time, so much that it's common. Like, and, and let's stop saying thanks. Let's just type THX because we're so <laughs> sincere. <laughs> well, well observed, Sam, as usual. Yeah, the, these, these are signs of the devolution of gratitude and, uh, and remorse as well. And it all comes from responsibility. Responsibility is an exceedingly unpopular, you know. I was wanting to talk about this a little bit because each of you are in a position to be able to help. It's a, a pretty significant problem going on. You may have noticed in the world. You know, when they say there's a sixty percent chance of rain, do you know how they they figure that out? The way that works is there's a computer model that has all sorts of data that's looking at barometric pressure, and you know, whether it's rising or falling, temperature, humidity, all, that, all the data you can look at. And it compares the moment right now, all the data, to all of the other times that was true before. So when was the temperature like this? When was the pressure like this? When other snapshots, and then what happened? So when they say that there's a 60% chance of rain, it means that 60% of the time conditions were just like this, it rained. Right? Pretty simple. It's not odds, right It's based on the story that's why it's 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 sixty percent um, chance of rain is such a bad indicator because it's not they're not giving you odds. It's not like blackjack odds. They're just saying sixty percent of the time things were like this, this happened. It's not particularly meaningful, but it's saying these are the signs. Well, if you look around the world right now, especially our country, I would say eighty percent of the time conditions were like this, you were. Witnessing the collapse of the civilization, <laughs> right? People are more unhealthy than they've ever been. The democracy is devolving just like it did in Athens um, 2,500 years ago. These are the signs of the decline of the civilization. The things like thanks being whittled down to three words, people not really being sorry anymore, the absence of... that. that like This is what was going on in Rome. And Greece, and the Muslim Empire, and you know this is what happened. This is what it looks like when a civilization declines. So, if you look sort of sideways at a lot of the stuff I teach about excellence, you'll see that I'm a big proponent of the human race surviving, because <laughs> that's what this is about. This that's what this is about. It's actually quite serious. Taking personal responsibility for what is yours to take re- personal responsibility for is certainly about your success and fulfillment as uh, an individual but it's also about the survival of our species you know the state the state of our environment and you know every extinct species other than you know things like dinosaurs who had sort of acute events happen to them are a result of irresponsibility a result of not wanting to look at the consequences Volvo uh, just became the first car company to release a plan to completely phase out gasoline-powered cars. In 2017, why did this not happen in 1965? You know? Or 10 years ago, why, why is it that things have to get so, so bad for people to wake up? It's because we're conditioned to avoid responsibility and only when we're put under an immense amount of pressure are we finally willing to look deeper. This is probably maybe a bigger question than this call, but uh, bigger than who are we? That was the big yeah. one you asked before.
1: Responsibility can't be the root of it, right? Though. No. So, what is the root? What's the root
0: of? root of irresponsibility.
1: Sure. Or, or even, like, if we wanted to take history and, say, the, the fall of Athens, what was it that led to the crumbling of that society?
0: Oh, I'm not enough of a Greek scholar to answer that intelligently. It's wealth concentration. <laughs> it really is. But why, what was behind that? I mean, you go that way all the way to the first cell, right? The first like single cell, that kind of cell. Let's start with what we know we could talk about before we get into prehistory and microbiology. Uh, what's the root of irresponsibility? Or is there a deeper one? What's the root of?
1: Yeah, I guess like what, like, what is the cause ultimately of that? And, and I think, like, I'm just thinking of that in myself. And I guess it kind of comes down to selfishness. I guess I don't know if there's a deeper root than that Tyler said comfort which I think is under the umbrella of selfishness but avoidance of pain yeah there was there was a study that was done that showed that people rather than actually do the right thing if given a choice they would rather just have people think that they've done the right thing (laughs) than actually
0: do it yeah I've seen some studies like that
1: That's just, and that's human brain. This was across, you know, population. This wasn't specific to anyone. We'd rather think, have people think, have a facade of us doing the right thing than actually do it. It's easier.
0: Underneath all of this, I would say is suffering. One way, you know, comfort and avoidance of pain and, and, you know, the addiction to instant gratification. Why are we such an instant gratification oriented society? Why are we unwilling to, even after it's explained to us, even after it's crystal clear, even after we've had the experience again and again and again, why do we get hooked into instant gratification modalities? You can know, you know, in the case of like substance abuse, you can know what it's doing to you or even Facebook addiction. You can know what it's doing to you, decide you're not going to do it and still get sucked back into that. What explains that? a core, deep, constant suffering that is so barely bearable that we look for opportunities to feel better, however small and however self-destructive. The human condition that we we suffer and therefore needlessly. And that's different than pain. Pain is a part of life. When I say suffering, I'm talking about unnecessary suffering, needless suffering. Ways in which we, you know, like... When you have a difficult conversation uh, that needs to happen and you rehearse it a hundred times before the conversation actually happens, that's suffering. That's torturing yourself because you don't have that uncomfortable conversation one time. You have it 101 times. That's suffering. And then you spend all day obsessing about it. And then you got to eat a pint of ice cream to offset that. You know, or play two hours of video games, or binge watch Silicon Valley, or you know, whatever. You got to do something because you're suffering. That's that's a reasonable and understandable solution, as opposed to you know looking at why you're rehearsing it hundred one times, hundred times before the one time, and slowly picking that apart. That's much harder. Why is that the case? I have no idea. Why why do we why do we suffer to begin with? I know how, I can talk about how we do that, but the the why? Why are we designed and created with this kind of unnecessary suffering? I don't know. You can point to childhood wounding and how it um, contributes to that. But then why is that the case? Why are... Do baby chicks suffer the way human beings do? Doesn't appear so. Can't know. Doesn't appear so. Thomas, you hooked me into an existential discussion again. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the Clear and Open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.